0: Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen.
1: And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions.
0: Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in.
1: I think one of the main problems with protein bars is often you find things that just really don't taste good. And beyond that, a lot of the times once you look into the ingredient labels or nutrition facts, it's just a bunch of empty calories that's filled up with all sorts of ingredients that you don't even know how to pronounce. Well, how about these ingredients? Organic pumpkin seeds, organic kale, organic broccoli, organic spinach, organic blueberries, organic spirulina, organic cherry, organic turmeric, organic ginger. I could just go on. And these are all ingredients that I'm sure a lot of you recognize, because they're whole real food ingredients, and they're all ingredients that are found in Paleo Valley's superfood bars, along with a 100 percent grass-fed bone broth protein. These are all just superfood powerhouses that go into bars that actually taste good. They have dark chocolate chip, apple cinnamon, lemon meringue, pumpkin spice if you manage to catch the limited edition holiday pumpkin spice, they're just all so tasty. And they're protein bars that I love to grab with me and take wherever I go because I can trust the ingredients that are in them. And I know that they're going to pump my body full of nutrients that comes from whole food, superfood ingredients. So go check the link in the show notes, use code optimal to get 15% off and grab some of these protein bars and any of Paleo Valley's other incredible foods and supplements that they have on their site. They will really help fuel your body and help you find your way to your optimal body. Now let's head into the episode. So stepping into this PT pearl, we're going to talk about something that we get asked a lot, especially Mm -hmm. people that might be reaching out to you or reaching out to myself. How do I find a good PT? This is where I live. This is where I'm at in the country. Where do I go to find somebody?
0: Mm-hmm. I wish that we can say, okay, we're going to lay out strict criteria here and here is what you look for. But it's, Or we're
1: going to drop a link below okay. and click on it and it has all the best PTs. Like, I know. Unfortunately, there's not something that we know of that does that.
0: No, not right now. Hopefully in the future. But, you know, here's the thing. And, and this is what I tell people all the time too, is that you walk into a clinic and you might have like four to five different physical therapists in that clinic, almost every single one is going to work a little bit differently. Very much so. They're going to see something different on a patient. They're going to prescribe something a little bit different. And not one therapist, almost, is going to work exactly the same in the same clinic.
1: Totally. So even if somebody has gone to a certain clinic and had a bad experience or not enjoyed who they, they went with, or if there's a certain clinic that has someone I might not recommend because of something I've heard, like, there still might be a half dozen more clinicians in that space that could be great
0: <laughs> right exactly and and here's the other thing cuz i know that a lot of people might just immediately look for the superficial of well this person has a lot of letters under after their name
1: mm-hmm. so this person has tons of education
0: exactly they must be more knowledgeable why wouldn't i go to
1: them okay great they probably give a great lecture. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) There are many people who have had that amount of experience and are incredible clinicians. But again, I've seen the person who just has continued to do that because they'd like to continue to accrue knowledge. Mm -hmm. They just haven't learned how to apply it practically with somebody in the room. So again, the amount of credentials they have doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the best person for you.
0: Exactly. So, in that sense, it always depends. So, don't just look superficially, but I say let's look a little bit uh, deeper. And we have to like my my number one referral method is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. If someone has helped someone else, you've seen it. Then it's not just Yelp, but like you know that person has actually is is doing better.
1: Totally. I, I mean, if someone's in say Florida or Minneapolis, or I'm from Minnesota. And even when someone reaches out to me from Minneapolis and they're just like, Hey, do you know a good PT in Minneapolis? Like I always just first hit up the few PTs that I know in Minneapolis and say, Hey, do you know anybody in this area? They're Mm -hmm. like in the Lakeville area versus they're in the Maple Grove area. Like so many different people in one city too, where it's just like, Minneapolis, you could, even though it's not a huge city, you could be driving a half hour, 45 minutes cross town to go to a PT. Um, So finding someone in your specific area, like ask around, Mm -hmm. ask around to friends you trust. If you know any professionals, if you know any doctors who it's like, okay, who would you recommend and why? I would always ask, why do you recommend them? Mm
0: -hmm. And that's why I think it's cool. Like if you know someone specifically who's gone to physical therapy before, Mm -hmm. Or gotten helped on a specific injury. Or I remember being like at a stroller strides class with my sister and one of the women there had like a leaking issue. And though common doesn't have to be normal, right? So no pain, but she was definitely getting some leaking. And the trainer there had actually seen a physical therapist, a pelvic floor physical therapist. So I was like, perfect. You are in the perfect place then to tell other people and to refer to your students then and say, hey, because they're local. I mean, if you're going Mm -hmm. to stroller strides, you all live in that same area. So (laughs) like that is a perfect example of like ask within that community, especially because you're probably have gone through similar things or someone else is struggling with a similar issue. And so being able to get that referral directly in that local area, like so huge.
1: And then the reason that I say make sure you ask them why they're recommending yeah. them is dig into it a little bit. Ask like, what do they do? How long did they talk to you? Did they let you explain everything that's going on in your life? Or do they quick cut you off and try to get right into the treatment? Because, you know, especially in the system that we work in, you'll find a lot of clinics. I mean, this is true for PT and a lot of other professions that someone gets in and they're already, you already feel like you're rushing. Mm-hmm. You already feel like you're rushing through something because... It's a time-based system. Like they have a half an hour or 45 minutes or maybe an hour with you if you're really lucky um, to sit and listen to your story, take all the information in, try to make their accurate diagnosis of what's going on, and then get into treatment. So again, like some PTs can just seem like they run right through things and don't even listen to the person sitting in front of them. Mm -hmm. So ask them why. Did they listen to everything? Did they seem kind of holistic in the way that they approached your health?
0: Yeah. Do they actually listen to your story? I mean, yeah. remember pain is not just structural and it's not just mechanical. And we've talked about that on so many other podcasts or had guests who physical therapists, in fact, who've had different pain injuries, especially in the beginning of our podcast. A lot of the physical therapists we had on had their own pain journey and their own pain experience. And oftentimes that didn't have anything to do with the movement. So it's like getting someone who is going to be open to listening to like the stressors you have going on in life and helping you understand and cope with maybe even the inflammatory foods that you're putting in your body. Like it all impacts our pain experience. So being with a therapist who's open to hearing that is is huge.
1: And does that therapist educate? Mm-hmm. Are they making sure to let you know why they're doing something certain? Or are they just like, okay, I need you to roll over on your stomach and I'm going to do this technique.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's it. What does it do?
1: <laughs> What's it do? Why are you doing that to me? Like, how long is this going to last? Do I need to do anything on my own at home? You know, do they just do that manual and then pass you off to a tech or a PTA or somebody who's going to take you through the exercises? Mm-hmm. That could be common in some of these outpatient orthopedic settings that you might walk into.
0: Yeah, and feeling a safe environment to even be able to ask those questions. Like I know some clinicians can come off very authoritative where you don't feel like, "Oh, I'm just going to let them do their thing. I'm not going to question it." Like, cool. Like, hopefully I'm getting better.
1: <laughs> yeah, seems like he knows what he's doing or right. she's she knows what she's doing. Like
0: I would encourage you to just ask like, "Oh, what does that do?" Like, what what how is this going to help me in the long term? Mm-hmm. And we're always wanting to make sure that what it's helping with isn't necessarily just, again, the structure, but how this is going to guide me to eventually getting to my goals. Because that's the overall thing of physical therapy is we're helping you back to function of your overall goals, not just of this particular structure or diagnosis right in this area, but we want to get you back into life goals. So how is what you're doing and giving me going to impact that?
1: Which, again, if you have someone who listens to your why and listens to your story they are hopefully as a good clinician is they're going to be able to pick out the things that are important to you mm-hmm. and the reasons why you want to get past this pain or this injury or whatever it is you have going on mm-hmm. so again someone who's goal oriented someone who's why oriented who's making sure to understand why you want to get through this process that you're going through they're going to be much more kind of tied in as an ally to your journey overall rather than somebody from the outside who's trying to fix anything.
0: Exactly. Or just using like the same repetitive jargon that, like, well, every client comes in two to three times a week. So this is what you have to do. But there's no reasoning mm. behind that, right? What, what, why would I have to see you for two? two to three times every single week for 12 weeks. Like I get that that's the prescription that maybe the doctor who doesn't know what exactly is going on with me wrote, but is that really necessary? And what can I be doing on my own? And like, do I need you to touch me three times a week in order to get better? And I think, I mean, we talked about this in episode 90 where if you really want to understand what's happening with manipulation and adjustment, like just go up, listen to episode 90 because it really gives you uh, this perspective of what Mm -hmm. that's doing and, and is it something that's absolutely necessary again and again and again and again?
1: And we kind of have you know, gotten into this with different techniques like cupping, like mm-hmm. different soft tissue mobilization with instruments, things that you'll see all sorts of therapists and all sorts of different practitioners using. But again, that might be all they do. They bring someone in, they do their techniques on them, they do their soft tissue mobilization. Oh, you feel better? You have more range of motion? Great we're we're moving in the right direction, come back in in two days. Again, if they're not giving you anything active to work on with their technique, techniques are great. I love doing hands-on. I love utilizing different tools for different reasons, but I'm always going to give that patient or that client something that they can do at home to say, okay, in the next 48 hours, you might have reduced pain. You might have increased range of motion. That's a great time to work on some of these things so that you can maybe hold on to some of that slack that we've given your system.
0: Mm, that is everything. And I mean, uh, one of like, the, the DMs and the comments that irk me so much is are people who say, well, I, I did physical therapy, but can you give me a home exercise, uh, uh, exercise program? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Can I give you an exercise? Program? You just said
1: you did physical therapy.
0: <laughs> physical therapy is not just passive treatment. Let me repeat that. Physical therapy is not just ultrasound, not just electrical stimulation, laser, not just hands-on massage, not just using tools and and instruments. That is a small part of physical therapy. But if the goal is to get you moving different in your body movement has to be the majority of what of what we're promoting and teaching and mm-hmm. relearning within the body. That is physical therapy,
1: absolutely. So not just passive, making sure that they're pairing something active in on that plan,
0: yeah. And then, you know, let's look at your home exercise program. Do they relate that to what's actually functional in your life? Because mm. sometimes you'll get, you know, this printout from an aide that's just like, 15 exercises. And you're like,
1: Ugh. Yeah. Another big thing is, are you doing something different at the clinic as far as exercise mm-hmm. and movement versus at home? The exercises they give you to do at home, yeah, it might be good if the PT comes in and says, okay, can you, can you demonstrate a few things for me? Great. Oh, why don't you try and adjust this and this? Awesome. Keep doing that at home every day. Now let's go do some higher level you know, more comprehensive activation stuff, more comprehensive standing exercises that you might not be able to remember or do on your own at home, but it's something that is really taking the skill and the brain of that physical therapist in the clinic to do with you. If they're just having you come in and repeat everything you do at home and then do their manual stuff (laughs) and then send you out. Yeah. Again, just do it at home.
0: But but it also is like I it irks me so much when a physical therapist is like, well they didn't do their home exercise, so it's on them, not me, right? And we've talked. I know I've talked about this in the past because it's not. On the patient, the patient is the one who like you get to understand why this exercise is going to be so important. And so rather than having 10 to 15 exercises to take home, what if there's like two to four that are really targeted and pinpointed toward the goal of what you actually want to do and are going to make the biggest impact? And maybe you can do one in the morning, one at work. Like, how can I actually have an exercise program that's going to be applicable to my habits Hmm. and my days? So I'll actually do it and I'll understand how it's going to help me rather than just some printout that's handed to me. I mean, that's I literally took videos of my clients so that on their phone, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that it was on their phone. They heard me cueing. They saw themselves doing it. So it's beyond a printout. It's beyond like, like I know you have access to your phone. You stare at it all day. So here are your exercises. Right here,
1: I'll even save it in this nice little album yeah. for you. So <laughs> you don't have to search through pictures. You can go right to your albums, click in it. And yeah, you hear me cueing. You see yourself doing it. There's so many amazing things neurological about that. Like seeing yourself do the exercises, repetitively hearing your clinician or your PT repeating those cues to you when you're at home. I did the same exact thing because I never quite got or found an online platform that made sense for me. Mm -hmm. It was just, you would print out these exercises. And again, as a clinician, take some ownership over this, take complete ownership over when someone comes back in and says like, oh, I didn't do the exercises. And you try to put the onus on them and you try to blame it on them. Like, No, you went to school for a long ass time to learn how to teach people things, to learn how to change behaviors. So if you can't get a client or a patient to change behaviors, what's your education worth?
0: Mm, Damn. That
1: was my biggest thing coming through school. I'm getting on a soapbox for a second because everybody going through school kept asking, what are you going to specialize in? What are you going to specialize in? And my biggest thing was in all the clinics I've gone into, it didn't matter how many specialties people had. It mattered how well they connected with the person and got them to actually change behaviors. Mm-hmm. So I don't care how many more years of school you go to to learn about the shoulder. If you can't get somebody to do basic shoulder and back and you know, neck exercises when they're on their own at home, all those years were for nothing. Yeah. If your goal is to get patients better, learn how to evoke behavior change in people.
0: That's the whole thing, you guys, like we as physical therapists should be here to facilitate your journey, but not fix an issue. We're here to facilitate. We're here to work with you. And the other thing is like, we don't always have the answers and, and having a therapist that's in the know that like, Hey, I don't know everything, but we're going to try to figure it out together. And that might look like, let's, let's try this exercise out and then let's retest it. And see if it made any changes. Let's see Mm. if you feel different. Let's see if the movement is different. Let's see if something's changed. Like a good therapist isn't just like, I have all the solutions, I know everything. No, a good therapist is open to exploration with you because it's a journey together.
1: Absolutely. And then, you know, one thing that we do need to comment on is like, how do we pay for this? (laughs) Right? Again, we we're in a medical system where our you know a lot of the times we look to insurance to to cover different things for us and and that can get really sticky too because you might get even get a prescription from your doctor oh go to physical therapy and then it's like okay great I have a prescription so it's going through my insurance that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to pay for everything you might have a copay of you know between thirty and eighty dollars a session depending on what type of plan you have you might have an out of pocket max. That is like, okay, I actually need to pay $1,500 of this before my insurance starts covering it. Mm -hmm. And then they're only going to cover it up to 80%. So again, you need to ask those questions up front, which is more work on a doctor and you you (laughs) you might upset a doctor or they might send you to the billing office, but it's worth it to go to the billing office and say, okay, how much am I going to need to pay if I go to 10 of these physical therapy visits at this office? And again, if they say, oh, I don't know, like again, that's not a good enough answer for me. Mm-hmm. And I've sat, as, as somebody who knows the system, I've sat in billing offices, I've sat on the phone to figure out what I'm going to pay for things. And I've ended up with the answer, we can't really tell you. Yeah.
0: You're going to have to wait for the bill.
1: And of course <laughs> I get pissed off on the phone and I, I tell the, the kind customer service person who's <laughs> on the other end, like you realize that this is why 40% of bankruptcies in our country come from medical costs. Mm-hmm. Like, because people get these random bills at the end of the month for 10 grand and have no clue what they're for. I know. And all they were doing was going to this, you know, the PT session that their doctor sent them to. Right. And so I've had some really issues with the real issues with different practices that I either was a student in or was a clinician in because we just don't tell people that. And to me, that's going against our oath that we take as doctors to tell them, these are your risk benefits and alternatives but how much you're going to pay is a part of that.
0: <laughs> 100% and that's where I also then go back to, you know, so say someone refers you to someone who's not in network of your mm-hmm. of your insurance, but you can still go to them and you can pay cash. It's
1: like a curse word. It out, is. Out of, network, out of, cash out of pay? network
0: cash pay. However, would it be worth it for your health and your body and your knowledge to go to them once even? maybe twice. Like I've had clients where I know upfront, this is how much, how many times they can afford to see me. So I'm like, great, we're going to get the most out of this in one to two sessions. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, and I like, on average, I only want to see someone around four to six times total. Like this isn't, (laughs) you know, every now and then like, like this is total because I want you to learn the things that you can actually do at home. You don't have to do everything with me. And if you need more guidance into like strengthening and stuff, then I'll probably refer you to a personal trainer or someone. But I want to, I want to get you to understand what's happening in your body and then understand what you can do with that. Right? So, If someone refers you to a cash-based physical therapist, I'm going to encourage you to be open to the possibility because like Dom said, you might be paying more in the long run if you went two to three times for 12 weeks to someone who's in network.
1: Absolutely. And I did a lot of research you know, right when I was coming out of school because I was going to try starting more of a cash pay system of sorts in Minnesota. And almost every different insurance company that I worked through, if you were to go to 20 PT sessions that were covered through insurance or that mm-hmm. were that went through your insurance versus seeing, say, seeing me for 10 sessions for $100 a piece, you would have paid a lot less seeing me for 10 sessions, 100 bucks a piece without all the red tape of insurances and billing and everything. And we would have just had our time to work on you, not be with a PT who's worried about billing, who's worried about what they're going to get reimbursed for. And then you get a big bill at the end of the month that you weren't really expecting. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, exactly. So hopefully this, you know, just helped to open your mindset a little bit. um, Consider what questions to ask and what you're looking for. And remember you are, you have your own goals. You Mm -hmm. get to guide treatment, not the physical therapist. Mm -hmm. So you go in with an idea of what you want. And, and you know what, if, if, a physical therapist isn't working for you, it's okay to switch to another. Like, I'm not going to work for everyone. He's not going to work for everyone, you know? So it's like, it's you're not going to hurt someone's feelings. You've got to go with someone who works with you.
1: And PTs might hate hearing me say this, but it doesn't have to be a PT. It no. could be a Cairo. It could be an athletic trainer. It could be someone who really connects with you where you're at. <laughs> and um, I again, I will consistently say, I don't care what letters you have after your name. I care, you know, how much attention and, you know, authenticity and effort you put into the person in front of you. So look for someone who's going to do that for you. And beyond that, everything else will take care of itself. (laughs) Just a few of our tips on how to find a good physical therapist or how to know if the physical therapist or provider you're seeing is good. Of course, all of our own opinions, but we really do feel like there's an aspect of that therapist or provider trying to help you find your route to independence and figure out really what optimal means in your body and for you, not what they think is optimal. Of course, if you love this episode, we always ask that you please consider go leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcasting app. That just helps our podcast be seen by so many more people so we can get this great information out to everybody possible. And again, we will see you on future episodes of the Optimal Body Podcast.